Welcome to VC for Stupid Idiots. We're your idiots, Marianne, Michelle, and Francesco. From pneumaticminds.capital. Here, we interview the best investors on the planet to learn their secrets and tell them a lot of bad jokes. Then, we use their knowledge to invest in emerging market startups. Because this is the most effective way to lift people out of poverty and make outstanding returns. If you want to see what we are investing in this week, please join us at nomadicminds.capital. Welcome everyone to our second podcast ever and uh, I mean I know it's early but we already got a real superstar here with us Lorenzo Tioni is here and about I won't go uh, that much into his details because he would do it so Lorenzo who are you all right so um hello everybody thank you for having me here my name is Lorenzo Tioni um these days um I am uh the managing partner a managing partner at uh an organization called Gangels which is the largest and most active venture investment syndicate in the world and the only one that is dedicated single-handedly to supporting and increasing diversity in leadership within the venture capital ecosystem. I've spent my life, uh, professional life, sort of at the intersection of social change and advocacy, entrepreneurship and investment. Started out as a founder, um, co-founded a company called PowerSet back in San Francisco in 2003, 2005. And after a, a, a really great exit to Microsoft, started making investments, but also started a nonprofit, co-founded a nonprofit called Startout, which helps and supports LGBTQ entrepreneurs everywhere in the world to start and grow their businesses. And actually, Gangels was born sort of out of that community initially as in a group of LGBT investors investing in other LGBT founders. But from there, we've grown into supporting the mission of making and bringing about uh, social change and progress through profitable investment by supporting um, the larger issue of lack of diversity in venture and in leadership within the ecosystem, all the way from the C-suite to the boardroom and even the cap table, which is one of the places where diversity is certainly needed since most of the wealth is created and the value unlocked by who is writing checks within the venture capital ecosystem. Oh, that was great. Uh, it was fast. So uh, I've, I've got a question for you, to be honest. Like, I, I mean, it's not on the, on the list, but I, I can't help myself. So the, the tech world is full of people that try hard to be what you are right now. So successful entrepreneur and then a VC, etc. Uh, but they, they don't. Uh, not because they're bad people, simply they don't like reach their goals. You made it, you made it in several several occasions you made it in several cases so why do you think you what do you think you have more than the average person because there's there's evidence everywhere that you're doing a strategy job look there are two uh i think two factors that uh, are more um than anything else when you look at what in retrospect look like successful careers or successful and one is uh, anybody that tells you that that is not the most important factor uh, in in someone's success is lying um because everything and i can tell you 
you know, good cases, examples of being in the right time, the right place in the right time that led to great outcomes and also uh, individual sort of uh, uh, unlucky turn of events that would have un unlocked significant, um, you know, better outcome than the ones that I uh, ended up having in certain situations. And so luck, luck, luck. But the second one is, is really um, uh, an open-mindedness to uncertainty and to opportunity wherever that might be that you you have to be uh, a little bit crazy and a little bit um, sort of willing to see where things go even when everybody around you tells you that that seems to be the bad idea a bad idea to you know leave a cushy job to do something or undertake the riskier path to you know achieve the goal that you set out or um, you know leave the, the industry and the world that you've known for a while for something that you've never done or, or um, you know, kind of worked in before because you find it a remarkably uh, uh, valuable opportunity to learn. So, you know, I think that being open to change and uncertainty and opportunity along with a really healthy dose of luck is what makes a difference. Fantastic. So um, just for, like, can you see any connection among all your successes, any um, specific founder trade or skill? Yeah, I mean, I think that people ask me a lot about the really different things I've done, anything from starting a company, raising money, investing money, um, building and helping to build Gangels and even a, mm -hmm. another career as a writer and producer um, in the entertainment world on Broadway. And I yeah. often kind of sort of tell them, yeah, to me, there is a very um, uh, clear uh, throughout kind of connection. And mm -hmm. it's that of actually being a really compelling storyteller. And, you know, when you when you're able to convey the vision of a world that might be uh, when it's not yet uh, to others and are able to help them share that vision and share that kind of uh, imagination um that's when you get people together to build companies to invest to join teams but also to experience the world through the lens of an artist or through the eyes of a writer and all of these are just expressions of that unique uh, human ability that is that of telling other people's stories and and getting them to join your um, you know, shared understanding of the world that is or the world that might be. And I think that that's more than anything else is both what I enjoy and what I seem to be barely skilled at. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And do you see this in the startups that you're investing in as well? I think that every great entrepreneur has to be, uh, first and foremost, a great storyteller. Some people will tell you they have to be great salespeople. But that all that, you know, it's basically a different way of tell, of saying the same things in order yeah. to sell something, a vision, an idea, a company, whatever. You're actually telling a story that creates an emotional connection. And anyone will tell you that investments as well as, um, you know, sort of joining a team and leaving a job for for another job uh, before being any kind of rational decision that weighs uh, pros and cons and is able to uh, assess, which it's not possible, the possibility of outcome and the successes when, you know, the information is so little and the times are so long. It's first and foremost an emotional decision, right? And yeah. because these are emotional decisions, um, they happen through the lens of 
an emotional connection between the one person who is telling the story and the one who is、uh, listening to it. And、uh, and I think that you know you see it in great entrepreneurs are ones that you know can make you feel excited about the world that they're building, and you believe more than anything else that the vision that they have is possible.、Um, obviously, there is.、Um, Some、uh, sort of posteriori、uh, information that is useful. Have these people done this before? Where they, you know, how they have reacted against adversity or challenges? Have they made it through, you know, particularly dire situations in previous startups and still came up on top? I mean, those are all, all questions when you're evaluating. At a team and 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 found that there are people that I don't really care what they will do. I will always support and invest in them.、Um, but、uh, you know, when you don't have that information、um, and you're meeting someone for the first time or they're、uh, first time founders or you know whatnot, I think that you know getting the sense that they're electrically able to、um, influence those around them.、Uh, you know that almost well, was it called that there was something about Steve Jobs and.、Um, Sort of a, a field of、uh, whatever a surreality or other reality、yeah. that, that he projected around him, and it's the, this idea that it, no matter how far fetched something seems or sounds,、um, you just believe that it's possible because of uh, of uh, you know the personality and the way of conveying that emotion. Now there are there are、um, bad sides to this, and there are outcomes or sort of extremes that lead to bad outcomes, and you know you can have someone. Who uses that gift to the、uh, extent of effectively defrauding, lying, or, or、um, you know, falsifying what the real possibilities and outcomes? And we know that we've seen this happening in the news and and and, and companies and so on. But it is remarkable to kind of understand that even in those situations, very experienced investors、uh, ultimately kind of、uh, hitched their trailer. Uh, behind you know these companies and these founders because they were so skilled at projecting that emotional connection around the vision that they、mm-hmm. the world that they envisioned. So basically, if you have to pick one thing that you say, okay, if the founders got this, the chance of success are higher than any other skills, etc. He or she, obviously, do you think gonna be like being a good storyteller? I mean, if you look at the data, the、uh, the Highest predictor of success is、uh, past successes. Yeah,、uh, and that that is just that that is the way. And and it's not it 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 it's almost like a、um, a、uh, mis- misleading data point because if you've done it before, it's not just that you've proven that you're capable of doing it, but you've accumulated a certain amount of assets in the form of social networks, connections, knowledge, experience, expertise that just sets you. You know, in a far、uh, kind of advanced position、uh, compared to everybody else. But if you are only comparing first-time founders and first-time entrepreneurs, then I think、um, the qualitative、uh, elements of their personality, of their ability to excite you. Um, as an entre- as an investor, will also be the ones that will excite potential partners, potential business partners, potential customers, and first, more importantly than anything else, potential employees. Right. So the 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 two most important jobs of a founder are to raise money and to hire teams. And so those two actions, those two 
um, elements are both driven directly by charisma. And charisma is in another way, uh, uh, sort of a, a way to describe this ability to spell out a vision of a world that might be, that is exciting and emotionally engaging for those that you're talking. So what's been the investment that's excited you the most so far? So, I mean, we, um, Gaitos is a little bit of a uh, of an odd kind of uh, investor, right? We're not a fund; we're a syndicate, which means that ultimately the decisions about um, individual investments happen to be made by the individual LPs on each case in each case basis. We certainly um, are the ones who select vet and qualify the opportunities before they get to our um, our network. But sort of the outcome of how much we invest and you know how excited. The network is is a function of the individual responses of our LPs. Now, as an individual investor myself, you know, of course, I invest in my own assets as well. Um, I, it's almost like choosing amongst your children. But uh, one of the <laughs> one of the most exciting companies, because I am an investor and probably one of the uh, strongest advocates for the product. I am a user. I've been a user for you know uh, now years. And I, every time and every chance I get, I tell people how incredible the product is and how much it changed my life. Is a company called Eight Sleep, uh, and they make. Uh, He's an Italian guy. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, bring it on. So Italy. Yeah, Matteo and I, Matteo and I have known each other for ah ten years, I think, close to ten years. Worked uh, on a couple. Of and I was amongst the first investors in the company that at the time was called Luna um, and iterated through many types of products until it sort of really started to deliver on the vision on the key that sleep is fitness and uh, that you can um, influence and impact the sleep in a way that increases your fitness and overall performance. And I think that we're seeing a revolution in a number of companies that are unlocking the potential of human performance, anything from Whoop and Aura and Eight Sleep and a number of others. And uh, it's certainly an area that I'm pa personally passionate about. And I'm, um, it's also one of my favorite investments as well. Fantastic. So um, what is one of the most common mistakes you see when when um, entrepreneurs and people are, are pitching their decks to you or to the Gangels, for instance? Well, um, uh I think, I think that probably the the worst the worst example is just to kind of uh, be a, a less than great communicator around your vision and the story of your mm -hmm. company. And part of that is, you know, because you're trying to make an emotional connection, you're trying to to uh, convey a lot of information about the business, the the market yes. opportunity, the team, and your background. And often people, uh, you know, sort of remark on the negative sides of needing warm introductions. But warm introductions are often a way to um, sort of shorthand a few different things. First of all, is how um, uh, sort of um, skilled the person was at finding the appropriate channels and ways to actually gain that warm introductions, which actually is um an indication of uh of uh, uh independent sort of initiative and uh uh, uh sort of smarts and, and 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 so on and then the other side is that you are obviously getting more of that emotional warmth through someone else who is um 
uh, already established, has an already established relationship with you. So one is, you know, I will still pay attention to cold outreach, but they are much far and fewer in between the ones that just with an email are able to, to kind of peak my interest and my curiosity and sort of say, all right, um, there is something here that makes me want to learn more. And so I would say definitely one uh, error might be just to kind of start from a cold in, from a cold outreach instead of finding other ways to reach out uh, through the network and through, through um, other channels. And then the second is to, um, to, to indicate and to communicate that you're, so uh, let me let me go back. I, I think that okay. the, the right balance, the right balance um, between uh, in an early stage endeavor, uh, it's basically 90% team and execution and 10% is the details of an idea or, uh, you know, the product, the technology and the market. There are some exceptions to that. And pharma is one of them and, and, and so on. But, you know, for the most part, um, what really matters is who is starting the company, what the team that they've assembled, and um, mm. you know what is their chances of actually uh, executing on that idea. And when um, an entrepreneur, by the way in which they reach out, the things they say, they'll you know maybe want you to sign an NDA or whatever it is, they indicate yeah. that their conviction is um, opposite that actually the, the idea and the technology and the product is obviously the one thing that will make him successful. And it's almost a fait accompli. That is to me a signal to run away because the only thing that you know when you're first starting a company is that you know nothing. And especially you do not know yeah. the things that you don't know. The plan, it's good to have a plan because it shows that you can make one, not because the plan is right. The plan is 90% wrong. Um, and so, you know, if, if you if you come across as uh, with high conviction of the opposite, that you've got the plan, the plan is right, and all you have to do is to follow the plan and you will absolutely succeed, then to me, it's a, it's a you know, sort of a signal. It's a bad, it's a red flag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then also we're running a bit of time, so I'll be quick. So you mentioned uh, I would love to have a warm introduction to good people. The problem is, so if someone is based out of New York, out of Toronto, then out of London, then it's great. But if someone is based in the middle of Tunisia, okay, I don't, I don't even know where it's in the map, Tunisia. Okay. Um, it's difficult to find a way to get a warm introduction to Lorenzo, okay? So I guess, in general, what do you think of the, I guess you focus a lot on the more, more established ecosystem where it should be. But what do you think of people coming from outside ecosystem? Do you think like is an overlooked opportunity? Is an overlooked by opportunity by is not for you? Do you think you would like you would like to have more more like let's say access to those guys? What do you think? I mean, I'm, first of all, uh, I think that every ecosystem that is underlooked is a big opportunity. And so, no, I do not. I, I do not think that I only want to uh, sort of continue to, uh, you know vibe with the same ecosystems over and over that's an echo chamber um but i just want to go back to what you said which is i'm um, accessing lorenzo from you know outside of the major major ecosystem is difficult it's true and if yeah. you do and if you manage to that's a a huge point in in your camp right to me it shows that you've actually found a way 
to kind of parlay your, maybe you've started um, in engaging with people on Twitter and you've made a bunch of connections on Twitter, which, you know, you can be anywhere, whatever. And you built enough credibility as uh, whatever expert in whatever area with a folks, with a bunch of folks on Twitter that then are connected to me or someone else who is connected to me. I mean, that shows to me um, the level of um, exceptionality I think that sort of takes someone out of an ecosystem that is not obviously sort of advantaged and privileged in, in connecting and uh, and it makes me pay attention for sure. And like I said, I will pay attention to cold outreach, but there's there's got to be a way to filter them out. Right. Like, you know, when you get yeah. 50 to 100 emails a day or LinkedIn messages or, or something like that, you you just have to figure out a way to you know, not spend hours and hours of your time trying to uh, look into each each and every one of them because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. So just to wrap it up, I'm going to ask three super fast questions and you've got to answer in either one word or one sentence. Are you ready? Okay. Oh, so <laughs> your favorite person? My husband. <laughs> your favorite company? Hazelip. Hasn't been created. <laughs> Your favorite industry? Don't say crypto, don't say crypto, don't say crypto, don't say crypto. <laughs> oh, no. um, <laughs> uh, longevity research. And which country do you think that we should be looking out for in investments? Emerging markets, the one that you think, okay, these got these. these the emerging markets, yeah. Um, Brazil. I like her. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We guys go all to Brazil. Lorenzo, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> cool. So this has been absolutely great. I mean, your second name is come from Switzerland, correct? No, I'm Italian. Born and raised. Are you joking? I used to be Italiano, in Milano. Oh, man, I come back. Born and raised. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ah, well, that's okay. So do you know what's good about Switzerland? The what's good about Switzerland? I mean, I don't know, but the flag is a big plus. So thank you for so <laughs> all the listeners here. It was great. It was great to have Lorenzo here, and yeah, thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Let's. Thanks so much, Lorenzo. Yeah, don't worry. Bye bye.